First Timothy, uh, chapter number four tonight. First Timothy, chapter number four, and um, been looking at uh, our outline and uh, seeing the first three chapters on how to build an effective church. And we saw the church and its doctrine, chapter one; church and its devotion, chapter two; church and its duty, and chapter number three. It brings us to chapter 4, to really the end of the book, chapter 4, 5, and 6, how to become an effective Christian. How to become an effective Christian. And um, we're going to start out tonight just uh, looking at uh, chapter number 4, and we won't get through it all at all, but uh, chapter 4 is about our walk with God. And I cannot reiterate this enough. Every believer, it is of complete necessity that every believer have a walk with God. And, um, and I don't just want to ever, you know, sometimes we say things all the time, we don't explain them a lot, and, you know, like walk in the Spirit and, and say that, and, you know, we know we need to. But when I say a walk with God, and again, there's no, you know, one, two, three in the Bible about a walk with God and I understand that but if I can if you struggle with that right not really the message tonight but if I can have a minute a walk with God if you struggle with doing that right let me encourage you to do this number one read your Bible right spend time every day reading your Bible some people get scared of that because they think well you know I don't have 45 minutes I did not say 45 minutes, right? Um, well, I, I studied the Bible a lot because that's kind of what I do, right? Uh, you know, uh, if I didn't, you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have much to say now, right? But, you know, I, I, and so I don't count that when I tell you, right, uh, what every day, right? Um, I read, my goal is to at least read one chapter every day. Sometimes I read more, right? Um, but I, that's my goal. But... How long do I read? I read until the Lord shows me something. I read looking for something. You know, I've, I learned this a long time ago. If you read the Word of God looking for something, God will show you. Right? But if you just do it, to, do a check mark, you'll probably... You know, When I was growing up, we had book reports in college. We had to read a lot. There's a whole lot of stuff I read. that I read it. I could say, yes, I read it. But I, you know, I was doing it to get it done, right? And uh, but don't don't treat that the word of God that way. And then whatever God shows you, write it down. Write it down. Right. Keep a journal. Keep a notebook. Uh, I I put mine. I know this is weird, right? But uh, mine, you know, some of you know this, but mine I put and I keep an accountability. It's on what used to be called Twitter, whatever X, whatever it's called now, right? Uh, I put it every day, and you go back and see every day what I read and the thoughts, and. Um, and and I it's it's simple, but I need it, right? And um, you know I was reading Galatians today, and uh, just uh, you know this past week I've read uh, to beware of those who think they're somewhat. I'm glad I'm not somewhat, right? I don't need to be a some somebody who thinks they're somewhat, right? Uh, today I read about and I shared it this morning that hope of righteousness, and I'm so thankful that uh, I know one day I'll sin and flesh and wickedness is going to be put behind me and 
say, you already knew that. I did, but it was a great reminder this morning, and I just uh, enjoyed it. And so read your Bible. Read your Bible every day, and, uh, and then three more things. I'm just how, I'm just what has helped my life. Secondly, write down something every day that you praise God for. Recognize His goodness. If you, if you just pray and say, God, thank you for being good, well, stop. We're supposed to praise Him, right? And, and I write down every day something I thank the Lord for. Um, I keep that. And again, this is not, this is not, you know, thou shalt do this. You ought to, this is what I do. Do whatever you want to do, right? Three by five card, notebook. But uh, I put mine on the note section in my phone. And every day I write down something I thank the Lord for. I've been doing that for years, and here's what's awesome. I've never run out of things to thank God for, right? Sometimes it's super spiritual, like I'm so thankful for justification. And uh, the other day, I had to get a new phone and, and switch everything over, and well, the sleet did too. And, uh, and when he did, it took him like 18 hours transferring and get everything right. So I was dreading it. I waited two days to do it, and mine took 45 minutes. And I was just like, and I literally thanked God the next day that it was simple. Because it's frustrating. It's not, right? And, uh, and I was just thankful, right? So, but praise God for something. And then, second thing that I write down every day is this. If you're married, write down something you're, you're so thankful for in your spouse. Um, because the, the enemy loves to get our minds off and we start nitpicking and being critical and it's, it's good to see how good we got it and what a blessing our spouse is. You say, well, I'm not married. All right, then write down, if you're living at home, write down something you're thankful for about your parents. Because that's where your heart should be right now, right? So be thankful for your parents. You say, all right, I'm not married and I don't live with my parents, right? Then write down something you're thankful for your church, right? Uh, but you, you want to keep your heart and very thankful. And then pray. And uh, say, well, how do you pray? Just talk to God. I don't know any fancy words. That's a great thing. You don't need to know fancy words. I, you just talk to God. And, and I just encourage you to pray every day. And uh, you begin to do that day after day after day. And you begin to learn the mind of Christ. You're thankful for who God is. You're thankful for the blessings of God in your life and the people God's put in your life. And, uh, and you begin to hear from God and talk to God and and uh, a walk with God is just vital. You say, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. Did you know our church depends upon everybody having a walk with God? I mean, it, because the church makes decisions. You know, when we vote on things, it's really serious. And, you know, that requires that every believer has a walk with God. So you know what the Lord's will is. You know, uh, our children, their spouses... They need to have a walk with God. I want them to be spirit-led in that. Um, you know, decisions we make as believers. You know, if we're all being spirit-led and walking with God, you'll never get in a fist fight with another believer. <laughs> you just won't, right? And, and, and it helps unity. It helps everything. You walk with God. So have a walk with God, right? And, that, and we'll talk more about it in this chapter. Uh, but have a walk with God. And... Um, but he starts out talking about, right, number one, under a walk with God, the mystery of godliness reviewed. 
the mystery of godliness reviewed. And that's what we'll look at tonight, Lord willing. And I'm actually going to bounce back a verse just because it's important for what we're looking at. Chapter 3 and verse 16 down to the beginning of chapter number 7. And the first thing we see, and we'll read all of it, but I mean, we've done a serious outline. Number 2, Roman number 2, how to become an effective Christian. A, a walk with God. One, the mystery of godliness reviewed. And then A, truth asserted. Um, look at verse 16 of chapter 3. And without controversy, I know we talked about this last week, but it's, it kind of is the context of chapter 4. Uh, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Chapter 4, now the spirit speaketh expressly, expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving, of them, that which, of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of, a good, and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane in old wives' fables. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the good day in your house today. I pray that you just bless the reading and now the preaching of your word. Open our eyes that we behold wondrous things out of thy law. And Lord, just help us, uh, Lord, with uh, an understanding heart. And may the Holy Spirit have his uh, free working in whatever our need is tonight. Encouragement, edification, rebuke, comfort. Uh, Lord, I am thankful that you know our need. And God, I pray your word would meet it tonight, and I know it will. In your name I do pray. Amen. The truth asserted. Uh, in this one verse, in chapter 3 and verse number 16, which we ended up with last week, uh, we kind of, a, a review of, you know, basics of truth. Because, don't forget, the previous verse before that, the church is to be the pillar and ground of what? Truth, all right? And so, this truth is kind of summarized in chapter 3 and in verse number 16. All right? And we're going to, again, review that... This is, we come to church to guard these truths, all right? It should be pro preached and, and taught and, and held up and, and, uh, and, and supported through the Lord's churches. It is the pillar and ground of truth. And, uh, and then we get into chapter 4, which the warning is we do this because there's apostasy out there. And we do this because in the latter times, there's going to be a falling away. And in order to fall away... It's a really simple thought. But in order to fall away, they had to have been there. So in the latter times, there's going to be people that are sitting under preaching of truth that are going to get swept up in the false teaching and doctrine. And we are seeing that, unfortunately, more and more today. And a lot of it has to do with the Internet and everybody having access to so many things and and I just encourage you real quick, and I said this at the marriage conference this past week, I praise God for good people to read and good people, you know, to listen to, but be careful. Um, God has placed you in the church where you're at. I am nothing special, but this book is everything. And God has placed you here, all right? And be careful about listening to people 
who would speak contrary to this book, right? And then when you start listening to things and think, well, I've never heard that before, you might want to be really careful, right? Because there's so much false teaching out there, and there's a lot of apostasy and in, in taking away from truth. Well, in chapter 3, it reviews this truth. And, and, uh, and some of the things you'll hear in our churches today, and, uh, and I, hate, I hate this, but, you know, and we, I'm not even talking about cults and stuff. I'm talking about Adventist Baptist churches, right? You hear statements like this. There's central doctrine and non-essential doctrine. And the fact is this, all Bible is essential doctrine, all right? There's no such thing as non-essential doctrine, all right? What they mean by that is this, the stuff we all agree on is essential, the things we don't agree on is not essential. That's not true, all right? <laughs> if somebody doesn't agree, all right, it doesn't make it, you know, non-essential. Bible teaching is truth. The word doctrine means preaching of truth, right? And so it's important. All doctrine is truth. But the devil wants to destroy this and attack this and, and pull God's churches away from the truth. And, uh, and in summary, I'm not going to go back and preach again, but in chapter 3 and verse number 16, I, I kind of outlined it this time with three words, all right? Uh, but uh, it was the word incarnation, instruction, and incorruption, and uh, if you just want to glance at the verse, but incarnation, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he came, he was God manifest in the flesh. Uh, he came and praised the Lord, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and those things that the doctrine of Christ is non-negotiable. Amen? If any preach not the, God, the, the doctrine of Christ, right, we are not to have fellowship with them. We're not to wish them good, all right? Uh, the other day, <laughs> when we were down in Florida, there was uh, some Jehovah Witness standing there on the sidewalk and, uh, of a park that we were at, and, and we walked by, and, uh, and they, they said, can we offer this? I said, no. I said, Jesus is Lord. Amen. And, uh, and then I went to give them a track. No, we can't take that. And, uh, and I said, all right. I said, have a good day. And it hit me. I remember that. I was like, never mind. Don't have a good day. And he's like, what? I did, because the Lord told us not to bid them Godspeed, all right? You know, and, I, I, and they looked at me really weird, but I did, all right? Because I'd rather be right with God than them, all right? So, you know, and I, and I, I, I smiled when I said it, so I made it a whole lot better. Uh, but, you know, but, you know the, the fact is this, all right? You know, we, we cannot fellowship with, with, you know, false doctrine. And the doctrine of Christ, we, if people are not right on the doctrine of Christ... Right? We, we don't fellowship there. Uh, but the incarnation and instruction is preached on. Right? It was preached and believed by the Gentiles. Right? Uh, that, that is, again, all that's being committed here is the Great Commission that we're to go and to preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all things. Right? This, is, this is the teaching, and this is holiness. This is sanctification. This is you know, uh, the polity and then church doctrine. These things are important. All right? And then in corruption, he was received up into glory. Heaven's wonderful, and the second coming, and what Christ, and what lies ahead for us, and where Christ is, all right? Uh, but, but these doctrines, we are to protect, and guard, and uphold. That's the, the, the church should be the pillar and ground of truth. So that truth asserted, but then you see, starting in chapter number four, this truth attacked. Now, I'm going to say some things tonight, all right? And make sure you listen to me. Don't go say things I didn't say, all right? 
Um, we're recording, right, Brother Susan? We're good? All right, good. All right, so no one can then say, you said this. All right, I will point you back this way. All right, um, and um, unless I did say it, then I'll, I'll be guilty. All right, but, uh, uh, but what I'm going to say, I don't have any problem saying, right? Because, uh, but uh, I'm going to say some things. We're going to touch some holy ground tonight, all right? Some things that might be, uh, what? All right, but it's okay. Don't get mad at me. Just study it and pray about it and research it. All right? That's what the Bereans did, right? They searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so, right? That's all I ask, right? Uh, but you see this truth attacked. You see in verse number one, apostasy announced. It says in verse number one, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It had already started in these days when Paul was writing. But even so more, as we approach these latter days, all right, uh, these days that, uh, you know, what are referred to as the last days, the last times, that there is going to be a departing from the faith. To depart from faith, you had to have been there. And what we're going to see is, unfortunately, and it's going to happen, that's because the Bible says so, there's going to be those who are sitting under the truth who are going to walk away and, and believe lies. And false teaching. Um, that word expressly. Right? The Spirit speaketh expressly. That word expressly means in clear terms. Very bluntly. There's no symbolism here. There's no metaphors here. This is not a picture of something. This is a very blunt statement. People are going to leave the faith. The word times there. That in the latter times. That word times there means... You know, it doesn't mean like just time, like, like minutes and hours. It means a turning point. There's going to come in these last days a, a turning point when people are going to depart. They're going to go away from the faith. They go away from what? Chapter 3 and verse number 16. The, the, those things mentioned there. The faith. You know, Brother Tyler asked, you know, is about a song the choir is going to sing about it as well. And, and the phrase, you know, my faith or the faith, and I really don't think it's a, you know, which huge deal, which one is chosen because, you know, uh, both express the same truth. But, but I did, I think, turned around and told Brother Joshua, I believe, and um, that uh, the Bible refers to over and over again in the Word of God, the faith, right? There is the faith. And, and that's the truth. What's well, been taught since the Lord Jesus Christ in New Testament church, that's the faith. And someday the faith will be sight. Everything we've been teaching and holding and you know, uh, you know, and, and, and shouting and, and sweating and and uh, and fighting over. All right, one day it will be worth it all. Amen. Uh, but the faith and and the, there's in these latter times this turning point. There's going to be a lot who will go away from it, from Christ, from doctrine, from holiness, the return of Christ. I don't want you to do it. I've already told you I'm on, you know, X. If you don't know what that is, you're blessed, right? But whatever, right? I'm on there, right? And um, I never debate with anyone, and I beg our church, don't go debating things with people. If you want to debate doctrine, you're in a perfect place to do it. Sit down with your brothers and sisters in your church and talk it out, right? Don't go online. It never does anybody good but calls people to go astray. Right? But in any case, uh, but, uh, you know, there, it's on there. I don't ever get involved in it, but it's on there, right? And you know what the hot topics are right now? 
everything I'm talking about. Right now, I'll use words, right, for you young people, right? Trending. There you go. If you don't know what trending is, it just means it's popular. It's viral. You say, oh, that sounds bad. Right, yeah. It's not a sickness going around, right? It, it just means it's, you know, being passed around, right? But uh, the topics right now is, uh, you know, um, premillennialism, postmillennialism, uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, and all kinds of things. And there's a big push right now for some false teaching on that. There's a big push right now that the church has replaced Israel that Israel is no more and the church is Israel that's not true God's not done with Israel right uh, but there's a big push on that right? and uh, and then the word of God is being attacked right can it be you know uh, what versions and and a lot of pushback for English speaking people on this King James Bible and say oh then bunch of liberal different denominations no I'm not I don't follow anybody on different denominations is a topic of debate right now amongst Baptists. Christ, the Word of God, doctrine, holiness. Brother Matthew, the other day we were riding together somewhere, he's like, you always mention some people talk about you online. I've never seen it. So I gave him a few keywords. It was there, wasn't it? They don't like our teaching. All right? Uh, you know, <laughs> different things. And it's out there, right? In a, say, that, that's a bummer, these things, that's terrible. Well, the Bible said these things are going to happen. That's why we don't get our doctrine from the internet. There is no pastor of the internet. A lot of people think they are, but they're not, right? God gave us a local church. But you're going to see a lot of people departing from the faith because they're going to get swept up in this false teaching. And this apostasy will give way and will lead to what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about at, at the, the, the rap, what we call the rapture. When the rapture takes place and the Holy Spirit, who is holding sin back right now, all right? when the Holy Spirit is removed, when the saints are called out of here, all right? the calling out, as the Word of God talks, all right? um, when that takes place, there'll be a strong delusion people will believe a lie and the stage is being set with all of this false doctrine there is going to be an abandonment more and more of the truth it says in verse number one that they'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils right seducing means they're being pulled away being pulled away um they challenge people and they, they make things curious and just try to, and, and the internet's perfect for it. It just throwing thoughts out there to make you say, huh, that sounds interesting. And then they, they pull you in. Like with this big false teaching now that God's, there is no Israel and that the church has replaced Israel. Right? That's heresy. It's heresy. But they keep throwing things out there. You're like, huh. And then you click on it. And then you read what they say, and it leads you to another article, and it leads you to another article. And before long, your mind is going places and being filled with lies, and you're being seduced away from the truth. And these things are going to happen, the Bible says. Don't let it happen here. 
Just because it says it's going to happen doesn't mean it has to happen here. Right? Um, but there's a seducing spirit. Doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils. Uh, these, uh, it, it's going to, uh, demonic working. Coordinated moving of demonic lies. What is doctrine of devils? It's anti-God teaching. So where, can you, where can you see doctrine of devils? Right? The occult. Doctrine of devils. Um, the world gives a tag on that, and I've mentioned it lately, but in preparation for the sermon, but curious arts. And it's called that because it does, it, it's curious to us in our flesh. Stay away from it. Stay away from these things. I'm going to be really blunt, all right? Your pastor, I love you, so receive this in the love in which it's given, all right? Stay away from Ouija. Stay away from horoscopes. Stay away from astrology. This time of year. Stay away from the tombs and the darkness and the fear and the blood and the gore and the murder. It's doctrines of devils. And that, and the, you've watched with me, ye that are this age, in the last 10 years, it's amazing the change in our culture. I mean, a few years ago, I didn't, right? Uh, my mom and dad told me it was wrong, and we never did it, and I'm thankful for that, right? Uh, the only time I ever went trick-or-treating in my life, this is sad, I'm just dying, right? God forgave me. Uh, the only time I ever went trick-or-treating in my life was my first year of Bible college. Mom and dad never let me, right? But uh, I'm thankful for that, right? But one day I'm sitting there, it's summer at the end of the month, and one of the other college students came in, and he was like, are you hungry? I was like, I'm starving. Because you're always starving at college. And he goes, let's go get some candy. I was like, where at? He goes, eh, bring a pillowcase. I was like, what? And so we put our jackets over our head, and we were headless people. And then all of a sudden this guy said, you guys from Fairhaven? We're like, yeah, we left, right? Um, but anyways, the only time I ever went, right? Did you know that? Okay, good. Oh, yeah, all right? Just making sure I wasn't about to get in trouble. Oh, yeah, all right? But, uh, you know, that's the only time, right? And even then, all right, I... I we didn't, but people would put out, you know, a pumpkin carved and whatever, right? I, and, uh, but you've seen a big change in the last 10 years. Now you've got corpses and skeletons everywhere and, and death and, and knives and, and uh, stay away from it. I'm serious, stay away from it. Oh, this is fun. Stay away from it. These things will start to pull you away. It's doctrines of devils. Right? Uh, evolution is a doctrine of devil. And what are you seeing now in churches? A push to try to mix evolution with the Word of God. Call it theistic evolution. And it's wrong. Right? I don't need to twist the scriptures to meet some scientist's view of things. The word of God is truth. Let's just stick with it, all right? It's a big deal. 
Because if you can convince a generation which they have that there is no God, now you have no absolutes. Now you can live however you want to. Now you have no fear of God, respect of life, and you can just do whatever you want to, say whatever you want to say, and it becomes a, an anarchy, which look around you. Humanism is a doctrine of devil. This focus on man. The New Age movement, New Age, be careful about the crystals. If you got dream catchers in your home, get rid of them. So it's just an Indian thing. It is an occult thing. Get rid of these things. If you look up your horoscope, stop. Astrology witchcraft stay away there's a lot of Hollywood movies right now stay away from them you know I, I don't hate to even mention the titles of them but you've seen them on the commercials or whatever because it makes people you say well it's just I know better it makes young people curious and it makes you curious demonism Psychics, stay away from them. Hauntings, the supernatural, television shows that are looking for ghosts. Ah, it's just funny. You better be careful. They really saw some things. Yeah, it's called demonic activity. Fortune telling. Stay away from these things. Um, it says they're doctrines of devils. You find it interesting. There's always been, and I think we all understand this, there's always been, and I try not to spend a lot of time because our minds can get captivated by dark things, but, but I, I don't think we'll go down that direction saying this, that before the flood, there's a big demonic activity going on. How do you know that? Because before the flood, which we call the catastrophe for purposes, right? The Bible says that every thought of man was wicked. I mean, that's a, we got a bad, I don't think we're there. Every thought of man was wicked. And then, always around, but then you see it in the time of Christ. How many stories do you read in the ministry of Christ and then right afterwards with the apostles of demonic, possessed people? And I believe, you know, the spiritual world is out there. And when Christ was here, it stirred that up. And I believe what this is referring to in the latter times, there's also going to be a lot more demonic activity. I outlined it as the catastrophe, Christ, and then his coming. Watch out for these cults that we'll talk about at the end of the month. Liberal theology, an Old Testament adherence to the law. Witches. And I don't care what kind of witch they say they are, it's all demonic and evil. Be careful, here's where I'm going to start going, yeah, you're going to like, yeah, but 
I don't just say things without a purpose. Be careful with your homeopathic healing. Be careful with some holistic things. Be careful with yoga. Be careful with the martial arts. I'm just telling you. Some of these things, they, they try to heal people by getting your aura, your numbers, your spirit. They attach things to you and count. Stay away from these things. It's not of God. I told you I'd mention it, and I will now, right? Just be careful about Young's living. And I was like, whoa, the sacred cow. All right, all right? There's nothing wrong with God-created oils. Nothing wrong. Everybody hear me? So we, no one says anything, right? Lavender, I love it, right? Thieves helps clean you up, right? Get that. God created it. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Everybody with me? Everybody heard me? What concerns me is as I began to research and study for the sermon, and I've been studying this for quite a while because I didn't want to say something without being confident, but you go on their website and you look at some of their blends, such as what's called abundance. Their blend abundance is sold under this, these sayings to attract prosperity. And then you read what the owners of the company what they did with this and they promote this you can go on their website and study it for yourself they would sprinkle abundance on their computers and the literature that they would send out that's not called medicine that's called sorcery those are called spells they have another one called forgiveness According to their website, quote, to open the mind spiritually and to help support a spirit of forgiveness. You forgive as God forgave for Christ's sake. You don't need an aroma in the air to help you to forgive. There's another one called Believe, which, quote, encourages faith you say it's just the smell you know I might be more accepting of that if it wasn't for the fact that I read that they sprinkled this stuff on their computer in order in their words see more prosperity to welcome in prosperity again I'm just saying, be careful. Some of these things can become idolatry. A lot of the homeopath and holistic things are based upon Eastern religions. Be very careful. We'll get back to it in just a minute, now that we're all intrigued, right? Uh, but we see, number one, apostasy announced. Number two, apostasy analyzed in verses two through five. You see its deceptive nature in verse number two, speaking lies and hypocrisy. 
having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It would be spread by people with no character. They're hypocrites. That's what it says. Like, get over the oil thing, right? It's okay, right? Speak, speaking lies and hypocrisy, right? They're liars. They're, they're speaking on purpose false words. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. And Paul's writing to Timothy, who's where? Do you remember? Remember where he's at? Ephesus. Thank you, Brother Jeff. He's at Ephesus. Uh, we'll, we'll read it in a minute, but back in Acts, when he's, Paul was in Ephesus, that's where they were burning books and had curious arts and all kinds of wicked, demonic activity going on, all right? And, uh, and, and so uh, attacking the church, even there, all right, there were people who were coming in and speaking lies in hypocrisy, all right? It was spread by people with no character and spread by people with no conscience, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, no more conviction, no more guilt. They were able to, to just speak lies and, and be unashamed about it. They would step and, and encourage people to get out of bounds with their living and their life. They were filled with vice, and, and they had no remorse over what they were saying and doing. We live in that world today, and I want you to just be really careful. So I really like good books. Then get some. We have them here. So we need more. Then buy what we got. And we'll order more. Amen. All right. Yeah. I, but I'm not trying to push anything. You know, if Brother Webster was here, he'd stand up and amen on this, right? But the bookstore doesn't make any money. He'd be like, yes, it doesn't. All right? It drives him crazy, right? But it's there because I do want us to have things in front of us. I do want us to have a good information. I do want us to be able to have some things that we can trust. If it's in there, you can trust it, all right? And I'm not going to put things in there with lies, all right? Uh, but, uh, but again, we live in a world today, just there's so much junk out there, and they lie, and they pull people away, a deceptive nature, and then it's a destructive nature. In verses 3, 4, and 5, you see in verse number 3, they attack marriage. It says they're forbidding to marry in these latter times. Everybody with me? The latter times. They'll be forbidding to marry. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, it's them Catholics. Well, I mean, they don't want their priests and nuns, and I get that, but they, Catholics support marriage. Yeah, I mean, they do. They support marriage. Uh, you know, when I read here forbidding to marry, all right, it, it's more about living in a society that, that just, just live with whoever. Don't be bound by marriage. It's a casting off of authority. Do what you want to do. L move in with them and then move out. You don't need marriage. The marriage institution is sacred. And it's between a husband and a wife. It's what God ordained. There'll be an attack on marriage during these days. And if you can't see that... We'll print out some headlines, all right? But there's an attack on marriage. And then also there's an attack on meats. Abstaining to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Now, again, listen to everything I say, all right? 
if meat makes you sick and you need a you want to live a vegetarian diet okay fine no issue go for it i do want to say this how it applies to what we're reading though did you know if you want to be a witch or a wiccan you don't know what that is just trust me it's evil it's required to be a vegetarian if you want to speak to the dead you cannot be a meat eater because what they're teaching is that if you're eating a corpse which they call a dead animal it will limit your power to speaking to the dead now I'm not going to get deep into this other than say this don't be deceived that there's a big push today in not eating meat a lot of it is just for health okay I have no problem with that but I do want to say this too that God said I'm just going to tell you what he said God hath created these meats to be received with thanksgiving verse 4 for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving people want to argue but church the Bible says every meat is okay to eat I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to... That's what it says. When received with thanksgiving. What we have to be careful about, again, the history before the flood, and people always like, well, before the flood, it was just vegetarian. Yet there was no death in the Garden of Eden, right? It was no sin. These things weren't... And then after the flood, all right, God said, Genesis 9, eat it. Y'all staring at me, right? Genesis 9, I'll read it to you real quick. Genesis chapter 9, verse number 3. Listen to what he says, all right? Genesis 9, verse 3. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb, which I have given you all things. Verse number 4 is just a forbidding blood is not to be partaken of, right? Every living thing. That's what the Bible says. No one's amen. You're still mad about the oils. Get over it, all right? Now, every living thing, that's what it says, all right? And, and again, God created it. God has, has, has cleared it. It can be received if eaten with, with thanksgiving. I, I believe you need to eat healthy. I do. And you say, well, I can eat any moving thing, all right? That's awesome, right? So I'm going to eat 22 steaks every night, all right? Now you're going to get sick, all right? God also told us to be stewards of our bodies. All right? This is the temple of God, and we should try to take care of it. All right? Some diseases we get because it's out of our control. All right? But if there's things that we're doing to ourselves, stop it. I had, to, I had to tell Travis Burke that. Stop it. All right? And, um, you know, and I, I'm thankful, you know, for steps we've been i've been able to take and i thank the lord for that and and uh but so eat healthy all right don't be a glutton that's still truth all right even in baptist churches it needs to be preached don't be a glutton all right and uh you know but at the same time don't make food an idol because it's one of those things that will lead in the pulling away. What do you mean? 
don't eat that and we don't drink that and then eventually what happens we have to be careful we will end up pulling away from our church and fellowship Joe and the great means of fellowship in the word of God is sitting at each other's table and we begin to make an idol I, I want you to eat whatever you feel the Lord wants you to eat amen but don't make a God out of it you can't right so I want only pure things to go into my body. Me too. But if you want to hold that standard, then quit breathing. There's a lot of junk in the air right now. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, kind of funny. But seriously, you can't make an idol out of it. Because it will pull you away from the people God needs you to be with. Amen. Right? But there will be a push on this eating of meat. Again, you're just you're just picking on things. I'm just going verse by verse where we're at. No one can ever say anything. I'm right? just we're preaching through a book, right? And that's what it says. Yeah, but what it really means, what it really means is what it says. All right, we're not to forbid to marry, and and uh, and there'd be those in these last days that command to abstain from meats that God said is okay to eat. I want you to eat healthy. I do, all right? I'm trying to. I want us to, all right? And, uh, but again, and, and we can't let our food become an idol in our life that, that pulls us away from God's people. Number three, in verse six and seven, and we'll wrap this up, an apostasy anticipated. Verse, I, I didn't read verse five, but the meat is sanctified by the word of God in prayer, all right? Verse number six, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ and earth up in the words of faith and good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wise fables. I am apostasy, apost, it's hard to say, apostasy anticipated. Say that five times. Uh, first of all, in verse number six, he reminds uh, Timothy what to remember. And Timothy is charged in this verse. Right? Put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Paul charges Timothy to continue preaching these things. See, what things? Well, all that doctrine in verse number 16 and to warn the church to watch out for these things in chapter number 4. And it's to be reminded to them. I told you we'd reference it. Paul warned about this in the book of Ephesus, uh, in, in the book of Acts about Ephesus. Look back real quick. We'll wrap this up. In Acts chapter number 20, real quick. In Acts chapter number 20, and in verse number 30. In Acts 20 and in verse number 30. Paul here is meeting literally with the pastors at the church of Ephesus. All right? The elders of the church at Ephesus. And he says in verse number 28. He says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves. Feed the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves come in and enter among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. He warned the pastors that literally from within the church, we have to be careful. Because we're those who try to pull people away. So we're not just on guard for doctrine about the attacks that are out there. We need to hold each other accountable. 
in Acts chapter 19, turn back a page, right? Like, we're not going to read all this, but notice, you know, he's reminding Timothy of this because he's living in an evil culture. This is the culture of Ephesus, right? Chapter 19, verse 13, and certain of the vagabond Jews exorcist. So I'm just going to stick with the Bible here and tell you, all right, that's demonic activity. Stay away from all things exorcist. Took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. The name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Then there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? There's these people walking around trying to perform exorcisms. And they were demonic too. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them uh, and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. When they got saved and got right with the Lord, they brought all this junk and they got rid of it. Now, we're to be preaching the same thing. And if there's any of this junk in our homes, don't put it on eBay. Get rid of it. Put it in the garbage. You are welcome to come. Let us know you're coming. Throw in the dumpster. If you want to, we'll go burn it. That's kind of going too far. That's what they did. Verse 21, after these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit that he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I there, I must saw you in Rome. So he sent to Macedonia, two that ministered. Um, verse number 23, at the same time, there was no small stir about the way. Uh, uh, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith with made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. Uh, so this guy who was making a fortune off of idolatry got upset about it. And a lot of times, people that get upset about getting rid of their junk, you know, like uh, you know, we used to, in teen class, we used to, remember these days, we brought our tapes and we burn them, right? If you don't know what those are, we'll explain it later, right? But, uh, you know, or CDs or whatever the case is, right? And, but one of the biggest arguments was, well, a lot of money was put in that. Well, I, I hate that. But wrong is still wrong. Get rid of it. Verse number 27, he saw, and so that not only this, our craft is in danger. It was something. When they heard the sayings in verse 28, they cried out. The whole city was stirred. In verse number 29, Paul would have entered into the people, but he didn't. Verse number 31, certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent him to desire him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Uh, then uh, they began big old riot basically they drew alexander out in verse number 33 34 they knew that he was a jew verse 35 and the town clerk had appeased the people then verse number 36 seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly for they have brought hither these men which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess wherefore if demetrius and the craftsmen which are uh, with him have a matter against them the law is open and their deputies let them and plead but if you inquire anything concerning other matters it shall be determined the lawful assembly verse 40 when he had thus spoken he dismissed the assembly there was a whole group of people. That town was full of idolatry and demonic works. And you say, boy, Ephesus was terrible. I hate, to, I 
hate the best of both. We live in a culture of the same thing. The same junk is there. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. While the only thing we can do about it out there is tell people about Jesus Christ and the gospel, but don't let it in our homes. Don't let it in our life. And Paul told him back in our text, Timothy, keep reminding, put the brethren in remembrance of these things because you live in a wicked world, you live in a wicked culture, keep preaching the truth, keep nourishing them, keep them spiritually healthy, which is what we're trying to do tonight. Timothy was charged and Timothy was challenged. Is there the end of verse number six? The words of faith and good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. He encouraged Timothy, just keep speaking good doctrine, words of faith. Say, where did they come from, which thou hast attained? This is the good part, right? Get ready. What was taught to you? That was the truth. Say, where does Kazada Baptist Temple need to draw the line? What was taught to Brother Doug growing up here? What was taught to his father? We don't change. We need to hold to truth. We're not here to introduce new truth. We're just here to continue to bring in remembrance what is truth. But what to remember, and then you see in verse number seven, what to refuse. This is really important for our young people. Listen to this. When I say young people, teenagers, young adults, living in this very techie world with all this at our fingertips, ready? So to a young Timothy, he says the same. Refuse profane and old wise fables. Don't get caught up in useless, pointless arguments that have no saying to the Word of God. Matter of fact, it says refuse these things. Hey, what do you think about this? If it hadn't doesn't do with the gospel and the doctrine of Christ, if it doesn't do with this, who cares? Don't get caught up in it. There's a lot of that junk going around today. Don't get caught up in it. Refuse it. Things that have no benefit for a spiritual life. I always joke about this example, but it's true. You know, where did Cain get his wife? Accept this answer. Who cares? If God wanted us to know, he'd have told us. And I can tell you what I believe it to be. And I have no problem saying that. They say, oh, but I think, right, okay. Well, what happens, the more you discuss things that aren't doctrine, they aren't taught in the Word of God, you'll notice it always draws you down a very, now listen to me, be it Cain's wife, be it these giants in Genesis 7, be it whatever it is, it always draws you into, ready, you listen to me? And we're close with this. Into sexual activity and supernatural. They always draw you because our flesh is carnal. And it always draws us into those two things. I say, well, God just didn't tell us. Well, then who cares? 
There's enough doctrine to talk about. You don't need to go down these old wives' tales and these fables. 